Hi teachers, I'm Carly Walton and this is the Teach Music Online Podcast. In this show, you'll find helpful tips and strategies for growing your music studio, whether you're an in-person teacher or you're an online teacher. I'm passionate about helping you automate your business, leverage your business through social media, and teach with the best online tools. If you are new to the podcast, then welcome. I have a new show every single Monday morning, so be sure that you are subscribed and that you are able to get those downloads automatically so that you don't miss any of our episodes. As an online music teacher, you can have the freedom to live anywhere, no longer worry about makeup lessons, have the flexibility to keep your students if they move. There are so many opportunities with teaching online. I'm also talking a lot about course creation and creating passive income as a musician. I help musicians create passive income through taking a skill they have and turning it into a digital course. And I teach them how to do that through my course creation for musicians course, which is now available inside the Teach Music Online membership. I also wanted to let you know today about a free marketing checklist available on my website for download. I created this marketing web this marketing checklist with Tim Topham last fall, last summer, and it's an extensive list of free marketing strategies for studio owners. It includes quick and easy methods for advertising your studio, such as websites for listing your studio, directories, connecting with your local community, seasonal promotions, collaboration ideas, and a lot more. You can download your free copy of this marketing checklist at teachmusic.online forward slash marketing. Okay, today's episode is from a recent interview that I actually got to do with Nikki Loney for her podcast, The Full Voice Podcast. In this interview, Nikki and I chat about the challenges and wins that come from running an online music studio. We also talk about the importance of having a growth mindset as you build your career as a music teacher. Nikki works with music education specialists, children's composers, and musicians to create music education resources for young vocal students. Nikki is very experienced. She's so nice. We had so much fun chatting. I feel like she's one of the most generous teachers out there. She has a lot of knowledge that she's willing to share. So we had a lot of fun recording this for her podcast, and I thought we should share it with my Teach Music Online audience as well. So I hope that you enjoy our discussion. So you and your husband took, uh, went on traveling in 2017 and you just basically took your laptop with you. Where, where did you teach from? Oh, so many awesome places. So it's funny cause I, I wasn't sure it would work. So we did one trip with some family down to Mexico. I was living in Arizona, so we would go to Mexico once or twice a year to the beach. And I thought I'm going to tell my students I'll be teaching from there this week. And I found an internet cafe and taught from an internet cafe. And I remember going back to the hotel and just telling my husband, Mike, like, it worked. <laughs> they didn't even realize. Like, it's so awesome. Um, and so that was kind of my trial run. And then we we were kind of nomadic for about two years um, pre-pandemic. And we, I mean, ta- I taught from all over. We did New Zealand. We lived in a camper van in Australia for three weeks. And I taught from a camper van via my phone's hotspot. <laughs> yeah, just so many places. We were in all- did also a camper van in Iceland um, for 10 days. And I always had cell phone service, which we made sure. And so I could just hotspot to my computer. Um, you know, and it wasn't always ideal. But there were so many things I learned about teaching and so many things I learned about listening that made me a better teacher. And, you know, you realize 
I don't need to talk so much. I need to ask more questions. I need to have them send me recordings. And then I, I actually created a video library of all my piano music before I left. So I could visually show them what to play. And they had that during the week. So now everyone does that. Everyone records and sends videos back and forth. But my YouTube channel was probably the first one with hundreds of piano songs, tutorials. Now it's common, but I thought this would be a great resource so that I don't have to necessarily have the piano with me. I can just show them the song. <laughs> I've, that is so brilliant. Um, I, I want to circle back to what you said because I think it's incredibly interesting. You learned, you were learning how to listen differently and to observe your students differently. Can you expand on that? that I think that might be helpful for yeah. some teachers. Yes, I think one of the... One thing you realize, and a lot of teachers notice this when they first got online, is how reliant your student is on you being there and pointing at the music and for piano teachers placing their hands and fixing their posture. And when you're not there in person, you have to think of other ways to do that. And so it means you have to have more dialogue with the student and ask more questions. And so I, I think the listening was not just listening to the music, but making sure the student was understanding. So it was like checking for understanding. And what did you hear in the song that you can implement different this week? Instead of me just pushing them over on the piano and showing them, it was, tell me what you heard. Tell me what you need to fix. Tell me, you know, how can we make this song come alive? What can you add? And that, then listening to the student, letting them talk versus just like mm. overrunning the lesson every time. <laughs> oh, so important. I mean, we talk about that all the time in, in pedagogy, you know, our, our willingness to, um, you know, in, in, for singing lessons, it's always talk less, sing more and letting our students, and trusting, right? Trusting our students that they'll figure it out and that they do have the ability. We just might need to give them more time. Did you ever struggle with students who really needed you in the room or did you find ways to really communicate with them that worked for them? I would say, yes, there is the student that needs the teacher in the room. Um, in those situations, I would try my best to send more videos to them or have the parent there and try to explain it to the parent. And the parent is such a great help and they want to be helpful. So especially I would say eight and younger um, students need a parent present or sitting by them. Um, and that was always so helpful because they can kind of be your hands when you're not there. Um, and there are situations where it's not the best for a student to have an online teacher. I always, I tell the teachers I coach, like, use your, listen to your gut. If, it, if it's not the perfect fit and they would be better off with someone local, that's fine. You will find a different student. Um, but that's, I would say that's a very small percentage of students that need that, that can't benefit from the online lesson. Nice. Nice. That's, that's very helpful. Um, what, what were some of the challenges that you faced in the beginning, just kind of getting started? You just started teaching online and you were traveling. What, what were some of the big obstacles? Yeah. You know, I, I, I mentioned this on my podcast as well as what took me seven years. To learn. <laughs> right. I can now teach you in the semester up through my course. Be and that's why I created my courses was because it, it takes a long time mm -hmm. to figure out 
But that's not just online teaching. That's running a studio. That's of course. scheduling and invoicing and how to raise rates and all of those things. So I kind of found myself in this situation where I was trying to build an online studio, figure out how to teach online, but also just build a studio and how to do the marketing and how to have an Instagram account back then and what resources. So I would say like virtual recitals was when I had to really figure out because I didn't want my students to miss out. Um, perfecting pieces was something that I had to figure out how to help them do versus just learning a song and passing it off. So like the performance aspect. Um, and yeah, just making sure students feel motivated, the incentives um, was different because some teachers, you know, when they're in person, they have different games and comp studio competitions and things like that. So all of those things, there are tweaks, you know, that you can do to make it more efficient online. Nice. Nice. Now I have, I have a question for you. So you were doing this online teaching long before the pandemic happened. Now for most teachers or the majority, well, maybe the majority of teachers. So March, 2020 happens and you know, we're scrambling, trying to figure it out, but you've been doing it for years. Um, can I ask you how that, how that, did the pandemic change anything for you? I realized about a year before the pandemic in spring of 2019, I wanted to help teachers teach online because I kind of saw what it had done for my life and the flexibility it had given me. Um, and I, and I was getting a lot of questions and so I minim I my studio was shrinking so that I could coach teachers and I had a new baby that year. So I had already taken some time off. So I thought, well, I'm taking time off. I'm going to build some courses. So yeah, my, everything shifted. Um, and I, I launched my first course in December of 2019 on wow. how to teach. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy it smokes. It was so crazy. Yeah. That we had around... 45 teachers join or some, I don't know, some, some number like that. And I thought, wow, there really are teachers who need, need this education. And then spring of 2020 hit and I had this course. I already was all ready to purchase. Um, I rebundled, I like repackaged it so teachers could pay what they could afford that month, that month, March of 2020. Actually, it was probably all of April. All of April, I said, whatever you can afford, PayPal me and I'll send you a link to the course. And I mean, thousands of teachers were so grateful. And that was so fun for me to be able to offer that because I, I wanted teachers to not have to figure it out by themselves. I, I wanted to give them that education. So that was really fun to be able to connect with teachers from all instruments mm -hmm. all over the world, you know, and show them how to do it. Oh. It's like you knew you you had some somebody gave you a heads up. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> now, um, when you've worked with a lot of teachers, can I ask what is the question you get asked the most? Or give me like the top two questions you get asked the most. Yeah. Um, the top two are engagement, how to like engage with a student online and marketing. Um, how to expand your business and how to, I, I tell teachers, you can expand beyond your community. You can teach during the morning when your kids are at school. If you find students in other time zones, um, you know, there's so many ways to diversify your studio when you're online and they want to know how to do that. Um, 
Another concern, maybe not less of a question, more of a concern is students leaving their studio or like, is this a long-term, you know, they, this hesitancy teachers have like, okay, I found an online student, but how long are they going to remain with me? Or is this sustainable? Mm. Oh, how do you handle that question? <laughs> um, I think it, it all comes back to the quality of your studio, you know? If you have confidence and you know you're a fantastic teacher, then that's all that matters. If they leave, they have to leave for in-person students or online will leave and come and go. Um, I also try to help them with their mind and realizing that fears don't do anything for us. Like having those thoughts and fears about what if, what if, what if that, what it like literally does nothing for um, the growth of a business. If anything, it just stops you. Um, it doesn't cause any good action. It just causes worry. And so when you realize that and you can shift your thoughts, it's really helpful. Mm, uh, yeah. Mindset is, is everything. Oh, I love that. Um, okay. I, I'm going to, I want to dig a, d- a bit deeper <laughs> here. These are my personal questions. Sure, yeah. One of the things that really troubled me um, because I saw this in the forums and it, and it actually, it just made me sad was people would charge less for their online offerings. Like it made my eye twitch, Carly. I was like, please don't do me that. Too. But so many teachers thought that it was a less than experience. How do you address that with your students? Oh gosh. It, it's so bad for the industry, first of all, which is why it's making your eye twitch. Like, it's so bad for the industry. Um, but as a teacher, like, devaluing your time and devaluing your worth is not ever something we should do. Um, and I think we all now know that online lessons are just as effective and sometimes even more effective if you have the right setup. Um but I, I don't, I guess it doesn't surprise me teachers thought that, you know, this all goes back to the teacher who moves to a new area, looks around them, their neighborhood and says, well, she's charging $20 an hour and he's charging $30 an hour. I guess I have to lower my rates. Never, like never. I, I can go back to when I moved from Boston, where I got my degree at Berkeley, was so ready to open a studio and I was moving back to where my family lived in Arizona and I had sent out an email to my community. I'm going to be teaching. Let me know if you know any students. And a local voice teacher replied to me who I knew was a family friend. And she just said, just so you know, you can never charge that rate in Mesa. (laughs) Oh. And I just laughed. I just laughed and thought, oh, thanks for letting me know. You know, (laughs) doesn't matter to me. And I had a full studio within a month with my rate and which was more. And, And she just was trying to tell me like, that's, I don't know if she was upset at me or it doesn't matter, but it, like the, what you charge has everything to do with experience and what you're providing. If you're providing a transformation to a student, period, you charge what you need to charge. And it doesn't matter if that's online or in person or if it's in Nova Scotia or if it's in Texas, like it doesn't matter. And I, I try to drill that into teachers. They have to get the nerve and they have to take, take a leap to raise their rates. And I just had someone post in our membership yesterday who said he just raised his rates. He was thrilled because everyone stayed except for one high maintenance student. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's usually what happens when you right? raise your rates. You kind of lose those students that aren't as committed, which is maybe a good thing. I want to thank you for saying that. And I agree with everything you're saying. And I know personally people that have done exactly what you said. They've opened a studio and they've set out their prices. And then local people, I've, I've had friends that even family told them that they were charging more and how I mean as if running a business isn't hard enough that people have to get into your into your confidence by saying things like that but I want to thank you for that because I think that that is is so important and more and more teachers are recognizing that they are offering such amazing like you said, transformation and amazing opportunities with their studios. And I think the other two thing that teachers forget is that we, we have this one-on-one relationship. Like I, you know, when I, when I take my son to all of his events, they're all group lessons. And uh, like, he doesn't have a private lesson with this coach and a private lesson. Like I recognize that this is group activity and I would be paying a lot more if it was private. Right. Right. So I want to thank you for bringing that up. I, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, more of a personal question. So, uh, we were talking a little bit before I hit record and, um, I hope it's okay if I tell everybody that you have four children (laughs) (laughs) and what are their ages? Well, our oldest is five. Wow. Oh, my gosh. She's almost six. She's almost six. So she's six in a few weeks. So Whitney is six. Mara is four. Becca is 20 months. So she's a year and a half. And our newest baby is eight weeks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Eight weeks. Okay. So here's my question for you, super mom. Um, (laughs) How do you get that life balance? Like you've got four kids, you're running, you're an entrepreneur running a business coaching. Are you, now you're still teaching? Yes. I'm not at this moment. Right. I, I will. Oh, fair enough. Baby. You just had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a few students I've hung on to over the years, um, but just a few because of the help helping our children and really shifting my focus to helping teachers. So I, I teach when I can, but I know that that's just the season of life. Like I season, my teaching will be lifelong, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure for you as well. Like it's a passion. It's just the season right now, not as much. (laughs) Fair, fair. How do you, how do you find that balance? How do you manage a a young, very young family and a very successful business? You know, something I learned from a coach recently, actually not well, within the last few years, a mentor of mine, is that there's really no such thing as balance. And that actually really helps me because I'm not like, I don't have this inner conflict of like, my life's not balanced. It's like, actually, that's just called life. (laughs) And especially when you choose to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, I have people all the time, you're so lucky, you and your husband work from home, your kids are at home, and we really are. We have so much flexibility, but we've chosen that. And with that comes a lot of sacrifice. Like, guess what? I hardly ever watch shows. Like, I don't have time for Netflix. Like, maybe once a week, we'll sit down and watch something together. And that's really fun. Um, I don't like do a lot of extra things. I manage my time. I batch everything I do, meaning I do like all my social media posts in a few hours for the month. Um, I do all of my marketing planning tight. You know, I, I tell myself like, okay, if I, these are my time blocks, I have a babysitter this week. 
I will get what I need to get done during that time. Like I will get it done. I just know I will. Versus telling myself I need more time all the time because that just is a frustration. Um, and that's come with a lot of practice. You know, when I first started coaching teachers and I, when you start any kind of course or program, it, the work is never ending. Like it's, I, I, it's never ending. So there's a couple of things that help. The first one is B minus work. <laughs> like my B minus work is still helping people. Mm. And when I started my podcast, you know, podcasts, like you could work on scripting episodes for oh, gosh. many hours. Uh huh. Yeah. And I, I had to tell myself like B minus podcasts, but guess what? A hundred episodes later, like how many people have benefited from my B minus podcast episodes? Yeah. yeah. And that is the difference in time. Like, sure, if I was single and had could work from eight to five, I it would look different. But for me, it's like two hours a day, maybe, you know, or or four hours on one day. And so I just tell myself, like, okay, I will when I'm working, I work. When I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. Um, and I'm there and that helps me mentally as well. Like, I don't feel like when I'm working, like, Oh, I wish I was with them. No, I spend most of my time with them. And when I'm working, I can really just zero in on what I need to get done. I, that was a lot. Sorry. I don't no, know. That, that, I, no, I want to thank you for that. I, I think that is probably the most helpful conversation. You know, we see that and this is one of, I'm just sharing personally, uh, my heart always hurts when I'm in my forums, I'm talking to people and I see that they're teaching, you know, a million students and they're working ridiculous hours and they don't, they're struggling to, to find time for their family. And, you know, my biggest, if I can share this with you, my biggest, like my, I literally get chest pains <laughs> when I see like young women who are about to have babies who are like so stressed out about how are they going to manage the baby and their business and oh I'm going to teach right up until I give birth and I think well that that would that's a nice thought but what's your other plans right and I so I want to thank you for sharing that I think it's helpful uh, to all of us and I'm certainly guilty for that too I'm certainly guilty mm. for 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 choosing work sometimes when maybe I should have chosen my family and I and I look back on that and I, I hope yeah. that teachers don't make that mistake uh, you know and it's good to have passions I mm -hmm. honestly believe we're given the gifts we're given not just for our kids like I love my children and I will give them all I can give them but I also recognize that my talents as a musician and now as a coach, like the magnitude we will never know because when we bless a student, they might become a teacher. When we help a teacher, how many people are they going to go teach? Like, and I think keeping that perspective and never allowing the guilt to creep in, like, unless it's motivating you to make change, that's fine, but it doesn't need to, uh, I don't know, cause a lot of negativity. And I also wanted to add another thing with as in, in terms of how many hours we're working. Um, I love to, at the beginning of the year, teachers should be looking at finances and not just letting it happen, but looking at the year and saying, okay, what do I need to, what, how much do I need to make? Is it 60 grand this year? Is it a hundred grand minus your expenses? And then look at, Look at, so I, I basically built a calculator that 
put, helps you put all these numbers in <laughs> and you put in what you want to make. You put in how many teachers is, I, or sorry, not teachers, how many students is ideal. So if it's 30 students max and you just do the math, like, oh, that's yeah. what I need to be charging. <laughs> and it's a wake up call because it tells you either you need to be charging more if you want to work less or you need to be working more if you don't want to raise your rates. It's kind of like this really simple solution and wake up call to like, oh, if I want to make that, I got to raise my rates. I got to double my rate, my rates. Oh, that is so good. Uh, now you have, first of all, a beautiful website, by the way. Um, uh, Teach Music Online is really clean. Uh, I love a good website. Uh, it's easy to navigate. You've done such a good job. Can you let everybody know about your membership? Because you're, you're doing yeah. so much and you've got these great courses for everybody. Sure. So as I mentioned, I started a course. The first course was pre-pandemic. Since then, that first 40 video course has probably multiplied by 10. Wow. Um, as I have as I have watched um, technology grow and change, resources come alive, you know, so everything that has happened because of the pandemic um, has helped teachers be more effective teachers. So my course basically walks teachers through the setup is just phase one of seven. So like the tech setup, um, choosing the right software, uh, elements of teaching, so like methods. And then we go into the second half of the course is all about automating your business. So reviews, Google business, Facebook business, social media, building a website, wow. um, streamlining like the marketing so that you're just getting inquiries mm -hmm. and then automating like the onboarding process for students, helping them get set up online. And then um, how to market and how to create marketing systems so that you're never like in a stressed out about students, but you kind of always have this stream of students that are building a wait list for you. Mm, um, and then I have a brand new course that's teaching teachers how to create courses. So oh, how wow. to, yeah, how to build content like I've done, um, how to video, how to script videos, how to do market research, um, and then how to produce it and put it online and host it online. Where, what, what do you even use? How do you sell products online? So that teachers can start creating passive income on the side. You know, maybe it's like a beginner guitar course or it's a beginner voice course or yeah. um, how to sing pop songs or something that you can sell <laughs> yeah. like, on your website that's already recorded. You know, it's, oh, it's really fun. So good. Now, you mentioned to me earlier that you have a free marketing webinar. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that? Yes. On the website, teachmusic.online, I have a free marketing class. And this is really a 50-minute class with my best quick tips for gathering students. And really, it's teaching you how to pivot. A lot of teachers who are online, um, they haven't pivoted their methods or how they view themselves. And so it teaches you how to kind of pivot your perspective and your teaching so that you're set up to do the marketing. Um, we talk about getting how to get reviews, little tips about how to share on social media, how to build a website. Um, yeah, it's really fun. I've had it on my website for a few months now and teachers really have enjoyed it. Oh, that is so generous. I, I want to thank you. You really are, uh, you really are, um, uh, helping teachers and and it's it's truly heartfelt and and I love I love what you're doing I, I really appreciate all the work and all the information you've given to people in our industry um 
I want to let everybody know uh, about your podcast, which uh, I have listened to. And I actually, some of my colleagues were on your podcast. So it was so nice to hear some of my friends. But tell everybody about the, um, the Teach Music Online podcast. Yes. So I started the Teach Music Online podcast in 2020, um, just as another resource to help teachers. And it's been so fun. I share tips from myself at basically everything in my courses, kind of in bite-sized podcast episodes. Um, but also we have experts on who talk about all kinds of things as far as not just teaching online, but um, how to be a mom while teaching online. We just had a guest on that. We talked to a teacher about moving to another country and how she kept all of her students. Um, we have experts on there just on all different topics on composition and improvisation and builders of different apps and software who I like to interview to kind of hear like the backstory of oh, that's why cool. they created. Yeah, like why, why they created what they created and why teachers should use it. It's, it's really fun. And it's so fun because I'm sure as you know, like the list of things you want to talk about is never ending. Yes. And it's surprising, right? Like you're like, am I going to run out of topics? And I don't think ever. <laughs> no. And uh, for me, I, and again, like talking to you today has been so, so lovely. I look at it. I always say to my husband, so it's like, you know, when I have a podcast, I always make new friends. So now you and I are friends. So if I have questions, I'm going to call you and good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want, I'll email you. How's that? Um, Carly, so I, can I add to that? You know, yes. I, t I told my husband with podcasting, like, you know, what's cool is like, I get to talk to another adult for an hour. <laughs> and like, I'm not on my phone. I'm not like, listening to children like someone else is with them and I think that has just been so fun with podcasting is we get to just have real heartfelt conversations that I honestly don't know that that happens very often as a young mother you know mm. on a weekly basis it just doesn't happen as much so it's really fun for me <laughs> I, I agree um I don't I don't have little ones but I do have a, a 12 year old that wants to talk about baseball so when I come on my podcast I don't have to talk about baseball unless <laughs> you've got a favorite team and you want to talk about them right now I wish I did <laughs> Now I want, I have one final question for you. Um, we're just starting the new year. What does 2023 have for you and your business? What's anything exciting or for your family? Oh, there's so many fun things. So something a lot of people don't know is that my husband and I run a travel website as well. Wow. <laughs> and so he does travel photography and travel video with our girls. So we are planning a trip to Guatemala in April oh, and wow. we'll be down there for three weeks. Yeah, I'm so excited. And there's a volcano down there called Volcano Fuego. It's, in, it's near um, Antigua. If anyone knows, it's like a very romantic city, Antigua. It's so beautiful. But there's a, an, a volcano there that erupts every hour, every twice an hour or something. And you can go down there, you can hike the mountain next to it and get video and photos with this volcano that's erupting. We actually did this three years ago, ago with our girls and we're going back because we love it so much. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind, not business related, but we just get to go to Guatemala again. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
Oh, that sounds. <laughs> I I need to come to Nova Scotia. <laughs> oh my god! You I, okay for full disclosure? Not during the winter. No, no. <laughs> but no, Nova Scotia. I we would love to host you. Please bring the girls. <laughs> bring the girls. Bring your husband. That would be so much fun. I, I Carly, I want to thank you. This has been a lovely, inspiring conversation, and um, I want to thank you for the work that you've done and helping teachers in our industry and just sharing. Uh, you know, that that forward thinking and positive mindset. I love it. I love what you're doing. And I want to thank you for being on, on the podcast. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks so much. If you've been frustrated with online teaching or feeling discouraged about how slow it feels to grow your studio, then I would love to invite you to join me inside the Teach Music Online membership. Our online membership includes multiple courses helping you with your tech, marketing systems, scheduling and payments, new student onboarding, engagement tactics, scheduling, and so much more. All of this so that you can finally feel excited and confident in what you're building as a music teacher. With hundreds of video lessons, twice monthly live coaching calls, and a thriving optimistic community, we are here to get you where you want to be. We now also offer additional courses, including Course Creator for Musicians and Studio Website Builder. To join us today, head over to teachmusic.online and I can't wait to see you there.